Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. We just got Debo's shoulder. He won't practice. Everyone else is full. Uh, I'm feeling better. More optimistic about his availability for Sunday. Makes me feel better. What is his exact injury? Is it a separation, a bruise, dislocation, a fracture? His shoulder hurts. <laughs> That's all, yeah. yeah. It just hurts. Uh, it's Kyle Shanahan. We'll, we'll get Thad's picks on uh, Championship Sunday. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports, joining us here in the sports bar. Thad, before we, we talk about this weekend's action, there's so much to talk about with the team that we spend the most time talking about here in Western New York, the Buffalo Bills. Just wanted to get your overall impression how the season ended in disappointing fashion. Because to Gino and I, it feels a little bit as if the fans now have kind of almost kind of accepted this as as our, our lot in life. There's not as much outrage. It doesn't feel like there's as much outrage this year as there have been in years past. Well, three years in a row. I mean, they, they say that, what, one time is an anomaly, two times is a coincidence, three times is a trend. I mean, that's that's when you start to you know, feel acceptance. And to be honest, you know, one of the reactions I had from locker cleanout day, I don't want to call it acceptance, but the the idea and the phrase of, well, you know, 31 teams all end the year with a loss. Only one team can't. I heard that, you know, a little more than I thought I would, you know, to the point where, and I guess if you're, if you're a human being, which obviously all these guys are at some point, you have to get this to a spot where you do not beat your brains in for losing in this round every year. There has to be some level of acceptance when you, this happens so many times. So, you know, do do I think there's like acceptance to use your word? I mean, yeah, I think there is. I think it's with the players too. It doesn't mean that they're going to, they don't care or or they're okay with this. I just think when, when it happens this often, this many times in a row, you know, a couple of these pretty agonizing, you have to be able to emotionally deal with that. And, and, And really the only way to cope is to kind of accept it a little bit. And I think it's where, not only the fan base probably is, but I think the players and, and, and management too. And obviously, look, they'll come back next year. And, and you know, for Brandon Bean, you know, March when you start to get ready for next season, they'll be they'll be excited and they'll be as fired up as they always are, ready to win and everything. But yeah, I, mean, I think a level of acceptance higher than certainly other years almost naturally has to exist for everybody with this. Yeah, Thad, uh, you know, in some of the feedback we've taken, not just this game, but over the last couple months, in regards to Sean McDermott, and this would be year number eight, and year number eight, and if it's only one AFC championship game in in eight years with Josh Allen at your quarterback, how seat uh, or how hot will be the seat for Sean McDermott next season? A little bit hot. I mean, you know, you and I can sit here and talk about what they should have done, what should have been accomplished 
what they should accomplish next year. You know, I don't think the owner, Terry Pagula, which is the only vote that matters, is anywhere close to wanting to, to part ways with Sean McDermott. And, and for all of the he hasn't won this or gotten to this arguments, you know, there's the last two seasons from what's happened late in the year, whether it be this year, you know, bouncing back from a six and six start, the article that was published that, you know, pretty much lambasted it in to turn around and win six in a row, win a division. That was an impressive piece of coaching. And then last year, you know, what he did keeping the team together after the DeMar Hamlin incident. And, and, you know, again, you can point to Super Bowls and conference championships all you want, but those are things that the owner, I'm, I'm pretty sure, is going to look at favorably. And it will be hard for, McDermott next year, I mean, sort of going four and 13, you know, it's hard to imagine the bills and Terry Pagula being in a spot where they want to move, move on from Sean McDermott, even if the odds against the bills going to a Super Bowl, this current regime seem to, to, you know, grow less and less just because of historically, you know, teams that win Super Bowls, it doesn't take this long for a, for a coach quarterback combo. Thad, on the list of reasons why the Bills weren't able to get past Kansas City on Sunday, I wouldn't put Josh Allen anywhere near the top of that list, but at the end of the day, you had three cracks in the fourth down, in the fourth quarter, I should say, and you weren't able to get it done. Is is this the problem with Josh Allen the same as it's ever been? What what exists between the ears is the one thing that can't get him over over that hump? To a degree, yeah, only because the guy on the other side, Pat Mahomes, you know, might be as ridiculous mentally as he is physically. And and it's just it's hard to match that. It doesn't mean that Josh is deficient between the years. You know, I think there are areas where he can improve there, but you know, Mahomes is so good, it, it it's hard to keep up with him. And I think probably for the second time um in the last two playoff meetings between these two quarterbacks, I thought Josh pretty much played Pat Mahomes square, you know, and the problem is though, is, is you kind of got to outplay him and, and maybe not necessarily Mahomes specifically, but look, if the bills are ever going to go where they want to go with Josh Allen, he has to be the better quarterback in games where the quarterback on the other side is really good. And that's never been the case except for the Lamar Jackson, you know, playoff win at home during the COVID year. And you know, that one, I don't even know how much I put a lot of stock in it because the win was so bad. Quarterback play was kind of irrelevant that day and Jackson didn't even finish the game. So, you know, Allen has got to find, uh, at least when it comes to Mahomes and maybe Joe Burrow to an extent, a, a different level in these playoff games, which is impossible to do because he's already playing at like a 9.9 out of 10. He was really good in this game, yeah. short of, you know, two or three plays. And same for Mahomes. So, you know, I think back to more directly answer your question, you know, I've always thought that, I mean, I've always thought, but th- th- there is a level of, of mental processing and decision-making that you can question with Josh Allen. That's certainly not as good as Pat Mahomes. Again, it's not fair to compare, but if that's an area where you'd want him to improve going forward, that, that I think that certainly would be one. Thad Brown from News 8, our, our guest here in the sports bar. Thad, uh, before we get to the draft, before we get to free agency, the Bills have to be uh, compliant with the cap, uh, which is going to be a, a challenge here. What, what do you think are the best options here? Are there any good options? options uh, for Brandon Bean when it comes to figuring out how to do this. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of things to do. I mean, Josh Allen's going to have a contract restructure that'll save 23 million. Um, there are guys that I think are certainly high on the list of potentially being cut. Naheem Hines and Deontay Hardy would save about 10 million. Jordan Poyer is on that list for sure. He would save another 5 million or so. So there, there are certainly, look, there's always ways to get camp compliant or cap compliant. It's just a matter of accepting the consequences of it. And the big one to me is, do you restructure Stefan Diggs' contract? You can save $13 million by doing that. And if you look around all the other smaller pieces the Bills can can do to, to improve their cap situation, you know, the Diggs piece to me is kind of like the final straw. 
if you if you don't restructure Stephon Diggs, then your off season it won't be terrible. You can add some pieces, but you're you're shopping in the bargain basement bin. You're signing one year deals, one point seven million dollar base salary kind of contracts. But if you do do the Diggs restructure, it opens the door for you can add a guy like a Connor McGovern. You can grab a Leonard Floyd late in the off season. You have more flexibility. The consequence of that though is you have to be locked in as Stephon Diggs on your team for 2024 and 2025. And how much stock do you take into his lack of production this year? If you think that that is just the beginning of, you know, what is the end of uh, what was an incredible career, then I don't know if you want him on your team in two years, which is what the situation would be if you restructure. So to me, that is the linchpin of the next few weeks of the offseason for the Bills. Do they lock themselves into two years as Stephon Diggs to open up some room this year, or do you bite the bullet this year a little bit and give yourself more flexibility to not only separate from Diggs after 24, and but also potentially provide more cap flexibility in the future after that? Is that the only, or are those the only options with Diggs? Is there a possibility that we show up at St. John Fisher University and Diggs isn't a Buffalo Bill? No, because the the uh, cap situation they're in right now and the contract situation they're in right now is still pretty uh um impossible to move him somewhere else um you'd have to find a team that would want to help the bills out financially quite a bit and i just i don't think that's going to happen for a receiver who's 30 plus i mean they never say never but i would find it very very unlikely yeah if we get to fisher i don't think we're going to have any I, I don't know i'm just speculating here when it comes to von miller any resolution about his off the field issue um, but if we get to if we get to the month of June, could you see the Bills biting the bullet with Von Miller and spreading that head out over two years? That not impossible. Um, I don't know how much of a benefit there is because the contract is so big, and you can't spend that money that you that that cap space that you would get until after June first, when most of the free agents have been accounted for anyway. I don't see the benefit there. You know, look, when you go into the season, there's a, there's an amount of money you need as like an emergency fund, like a slush fund, in case, for example, <laughs> the Bills did this year, you have multiple injuries on defense to be able to go out and add something. But I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but I felt like the, the Von Miller number that you would gain after June 1st would be maybe twice as much as you need for that. So it doesn't quite fit to take that money and spread it over. You're not gaining that much this year because you can't spend it on main free agency. And it's probably more than you need for after that. So why then add dead cap to 2025 when you don't have to, when you could probably suck it up this year and move on. But every situation is different. You know, if the bills get to June, July, like they did this year, and there's a guy like Leonard Floyd available and they want to spend some money on it, then maybe, but I don't think that would be something I think is likely. That with uh, the, the end- thing too with that, the, I'm sorry, guys. The other thing with two of that is that if he gets suspended, that decision might be made for you anyway. The uh, end of season press conferences earlier this week, and now the dust settling on another season. I'm wondering that if you're hearing any rumblings about uh, coaching staff changes. We know that there have been some interviews. Eric Washington going to interview to be the Bears' defensive coordinator. Bobby Babich with the Giants. Are you? We certainly have questions about special teams. Do you have any sense that there could be some uh, some sort of a shakeup here on McDermott's coaching staff? I don't think so, but it might be forced upon him if you know if Eric Washington gets a job elsewhere, if Babbage, like you guys mentioned, gets a job elsewhere. Even you know Joe Brady potentially could end up as a, an offensive coordinator somewhere else, depending on what everybody wants to do, money involved, who knows. 
Um, I, I wouldn't think it's likely. I think Brady probably will get the job in Buffalo and stay. But I think it only happens if it's required because enough guys leave that the Bills have to have to find somebody new to replace other you know coaches who've gotten promotions. Special teams, though, do we need a makeover in terms of personnel at the very least? Then, Amy, are we talking like coverage teams and everything, or just the kickers? I think everything. I, I, I the, the exception being the Miami return, but you can point to other games, like say, for instance, the Jets opener or the twelve men on the field. That the like, there have been other instances where special teams this year it cost the Buffalo Bills. Well, Saran Neal is one of the guys who you know could save a bunch of money if the Bills were to release him, and he's been a, a primary special teams guy for a while. Tyler Matikiewicz, I think, is also in that group. So you, you could see some of the, the special teams holdovers certainly uh, turning over. They're not going to move on from Tyler Bass. I don't think they should. He had a bad half a season after four, you know, three and a half good years. Um, Sam Martin, you know, I, I think is a guy they'd probably want to have back, but not a, not someone you have to have back. So I wouldn't be stunned if there's a decent amount of makeover with the, the players. I mean, that, that's kind of the group that turns over a decent amount anyway, year to year. It's not impossible. They might move on uh, coaching wise there too, but um, I have not heard anything to indicate that. Thad, when I look back to Sunday and uh, think about, you know, some of the elements of the game that didn't go the bills favor. One of the things that, that, that was really surprising to me was just how little of involvement there was from the Bills' defensive line, especially when you consider all that they've invested in that front four. That unit came into the game healthy. That unit uh, didn't show up last year in the divisional round. And I'm wondering here, looking ahead to free agency, looking ahead to the draft, because it, it, to my eyes, feels like they've built a team uh, around the coach maybe a little bit more so than they have around the quarterback, or at least at minimum, you could say that the return and investment and what they've invested offensively has been far greater than what they've gotten as an ROI on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I think that's part of it is the coaches are better. I mean, you look at the guys who are being interviewed for jobs. Bobby Babich has frankly proven himself as one of the better defensive coaches in the NFL. He was in charge of safeties when Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer showed up. Their careers took off. He moved over to linebacker, and suddenly, you know, Matt Mono always was good, but now he's an all-pro. Terrell Bernard has a great year. John Butler, you know, the, the secondary coach, has always been, for, in my opinion, one of the best assistant coaches the Bills have. Sean McDermott, you know, had proved again this year he's a good defensive coordinator. But you go to the other side of the ball, you know, they've gone through, you know, multiple offensive line coaches. I think they've finally settled on Aaron Cromer as a, a, an ideal option. They're on with three offensive coordinators now in three years. Brian Dable was good, but the last two, you know, Ken Dorsey got fired. Uh, Joe Brady, the book, to be fair, stalled a little bit. So the coaching is just better on defense. So, yeah, you, it's going to look like those players are better, you know, to begin with. Um, you know, in terms of, of where you started that question, to me, the most disappointing part from the Bills' point of view of the game on Sunday was the number of players who were good all year long who were the absolute opposite of good in that game. On offense, Connor McGovern had his worst game of the year, gave up a bunch of pressures. Some of it was Chris Jones, who's just that good. But this is a guy who's been a lockdown pass protector for you all year just played awful. But the number one guy to me is Ed Oliver, yeah. who just got dominated up and down the field. Joe Tooney's great. He made Ed Oliver look replacement level. It wasn't just Tooney, though. 
Everybody that the Chiefs put on Ed Oliver, single block them all day. And that's why, why did the run game work so well? Because Oliver and Daquan Jones, who usually both can occupy two blockers, can be such a pain in the neck that it takes four guys to block them. In this game, they were being blocked by two. So now you've got two extra blockers to go downhill, to get on Dotson, to get on defensive backs, to get on A.J. Klein. And it was just, all that was left for the Bills was Jordan Poyer or Dane Jackson in the hole making a tackle. And when they each missed a couple, you have these big explosive runs. It all, I mean, people laugh at the cliche, but in this game, it all started up front for the Bills on defense. And when those D tackles, and especially at Oliver, just absolutely no-showed this game, everything else trickled downhill from there. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that that defensive line position, we're going to be you know keeping tabs on this. And I know Bills fans will roll their eyes if the Bills went uh, D-line in the first round, but that might be a need here. And my question to you is, as we look at the list of free agents here, which of these defensive linemen would you say would you would have the best chance at resigning? Would it be A.J. Epineza? Would it be Daquan Jones? Leonard Floyd, the locker clean out day, made it be known, hey, I, you know, I'm going to go where the money is. I think when you talk about best chance to resign, it might be Epinesa simply because he'd probably be the cheapest. But I don't know if in terms of best chance to also sign and then get banged for your buck. I think it's probably Jones. The hope is is that coming off a season where he, he missed most of the year with an injury, that there's questions about his durability. He's still an excellent player. Didn't play uh, great against the Chiefs for sure, but was good enough the last few weeks to where I feel good about bringing him back. There's no doubt that the Bills have a dying need defensive line. I mean, they have with four guys under contract right now on a team that normally will rotate eight at minimum in a game. So there's four spots that have to be filled by somebody. And, you know, you would hope that the Bills are able to bring some of their own guys back. I would right now bet against Leonard Floyd coming back for exactly the reason that you guys brought up. He had a great year. He certainly earned a bunch of money. I don't think he's going to be 
lying around until July trying to find a job. I think he, he gets a multi-year contract somewhere else. So Jones would be the, the priority for me. Um, he does so many things in the middle that if you can bring him back and, and as a defensive tackle who's not a eight-sack-a-year guy, he's not going to break the bank for you. I think that's the guy I'd want to have back if I'm a Bills fan or Brandon Bean. No, Thad, we, we have allowed ourselves to break the draft seal, and, and of course there's going to be opinions varying on what the Bills should do in the first round. So I, I guess the question I'm going to keep asking people is what do you think the bills should do? And what do you think the bills will do? Because we've known through the course of time that, that what we think they should do is usually different than what they actually end up doing. A uh, receiver and receiver are the answers to both questions. I, I don't think there's any question about where, where the bills have a need. I mean, look, they're going to have needs other places, but you know, defensive tackle, and safety are, are not spots I, I want to be spending a first round pick on, even a late first round pick. Um, if you can get an edge rusher down there, great. I mean, the Bills have a, a pretty bad need there as well. But, uh, you know, sitting here right now, that's where I think that they would probably want to and, and it would still go. This draft is supposed to be pretty receiver rich. So you can get a guy at, at pick 28. And I think, you know, you, you look at some of the guys who've been stars, you know, the last few years in the NFL, Justin Jefferson a few years ago. Uh, more recently, Tank Dell, Michael Pittman. You know, these aren't maybe the best receiver in the NFL, but they're pretty solid number ones. You can find that guy, you know, late in round one, in round two, in round three. So the draft is going to take a thousand twists and turns between now and the end of April when it happens. And even on, you know, day one, the Bills may want to get a receiver, but if they get outmaneuvered or if guys go earlier or if the particular guy they think is a fit isn't available, then they may have to go somewhere else. But sitting here right now, January, whatever, four months away, I'd say receivers the call. Yeah, um, as we wrap up here, we have some breaking news in the sports. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Yeah, that's our sounder for uh, breaking news here. Um, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons apparently have made their choice. It's Raheem Morris as their next head coach. Look at that. Yeah! So Raheem Morris and I are both class of 1998 Hofstra University graduates. Look at you. I'm very excited for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I know a little bit. Um, Do the Bills play the Falcons next year? I don't think we do. But, uh, um, yeah, when he was coaching the Bucs, I I ran and talked to him a little bit before the game, had a good conversation. What a great guy. Couldn't be happier for him. Um, You know, he's done a good job of bouncing back. Probably got a head coaching job a little earlier than he should have but has been really good as a coordinator, a couple different spots, you know, a Rams this year. And, uh, you know, now going to get an opportunity with the Falcons on a roster that, you know, outside of quarterback, which, you know, is a significant need is pretty stacked otherwise. So um, he's going to get a chance in a division that ain't very good. So very excited for him. But I know the, the, the general reaction is, well, what happens to Bill Belichick? Right. Now? And I think the answer, the answer to that is he plays some golf because it doesn't seem like there's any openings left that, that he'd be interested in. And frankly, if he was that hot a candidate, I think the Falcons would have would have picked him. I mean, the idea of Bill Belichick losing out of a job to checks notes, Raheem Morris is all you need to know about what the opinion of Belichick is right now. Wow. Doesn't mean he won't ever be back in the NFL, but but I, I think he is he is on TV if he's doing anything with uh, NFL related this year. So Thad, um, walk us through that because it is is it a, a just a, a chasm between where we. 
as fans and we in the media view Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel for that matter, is terms of like hot head coaching, uh, you know, uh, prospects that the opportunities with with all of these openings that you had this offseason to get Belichick only getting one interview. Vrabel is still out there. Carroll has to campaign just to get an interview. Are, are we just that far off in terms of how ownership of these teams views these men that have pretty remarkable resumes? Well, NFL is a copycat league, right? And and the hot thing in the NFL right now is young and offensive. And Carol and Belichick are old and defensive. And right there, off the bat, they're they're you know playing from behind when it comes to you know trying to get a coaching job, even with all the Super Bowls both guys have. And to be honest, you know you know Belichick hasn't looked great, hasn't been impressive as a head coach the last two or three years. It maybe it's not fair because, you know, Mac Jones might be that bad. And, and, you know, when, when, uh, the, the Patriots, um, go with Jared Mayo, he might win four and five games in the next two years with terrible quarterbacks. We might appreciate Belichick a little more, but right this second, he doesn't look like a, a great coach. I need to have on my team unless I have a, a really good quarterback to go with him. But the Falcons don't have that. And, and the, really the one team that did have that wouldn't hire Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, that, that leaves those guys kind of, um, when the music stops, they're not going to have a chair. Now, Mike Rabel is going to be a coach in the NFL again at some point. You know, maybe not this year, but but that guy did too good a job for too long with Tennessee to to be on the bench for too long. He might be out this year, but that frankly is just going to benefit whatever team lands him next year. He's going to be back. As for Carolyn Belichick, it's not out of the realm those two guys are done as head coaches in the NFL. Wow, Thad Brown, News Eight. Uh, what is happening tonight on News Eight? We can check out here, Thad. So let's see, Thursday, uh, Section 5 Best is our uh, weekly high school feature talking about some of the different fun stories that are going on in Section 5 sports. So that'll be the big thing going on uh, News 8, 6, and 11. As for me, um, I am now on what we call the station the sabbatical. Mm. Once uh, football season ends, I have a number of uh, comp days and vacation time stored up that I will be spending. So although I pretty much uh, I hope everyone out there will be uh, watching Channel 8 on a regular basis. They will not be watching me all too often for the next few weeks. Well, you've earned that time, man. Great coverage throughout the course of the season. We know what a grind it is. Before I let you go, I wanted to get your picks for Championship Sunday. Who do you like? Baltimore and San Fran. I thought for a while those two teams are a step, maybe a step and a half past everyone else. I think Baltimore proved it with the way they dominated Houston in the second half last weekend. And, and although, I'll tell you what, Detroit is a dangerous team because Dan Campbell is aggressive slash reckless enough to just throw any game on its ear. But, you know, the Niners not really doing much of anything last week and escaping against Green Bay makes me feel a little better about their chances to make it to the Super Bowl. That appreciate it, man. Appreciate the time and enjoy your time here. We'll uh, catch up again real soon. Yeah, guys, thanks for saying that, and uh, thanks for having me on, man. I always appreciate it. Yeah, there he is. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director, uh, sharing some thoughts on the end of the season for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and some breaking news with Raheem Morris. Who knew that they graduated the same class at Hofstra? Not I. I had no idea. No. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good natural reaction to finding out that somebody you really like just got a, a, another shot. Raheem Morris going to the Falcons. Bill Belichick is not. Wow. Like, that's a story that you and I, pretty much everybody had wrong. Oh, Bill Belichick, he's going to have his choice of... It always felt weird, though, Belichick with, with Atlanta. Always felt weird. You know why, though? He was an entertainment because that was the only team that really reached out to him. Well, I'll also say this about Atlanta's coaching search. They cast a wide net. They talked to everybody.
I mean, they really, really cast a wide net. So they have to feel pretty strongly about a guy that has some roots with that team. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Raheem Morris can do with another opportunity as a head coach in the NFL now with the Atlanta Falcons, a little bit of breaking news. Oh, and also uh, I saw cross my feet as well. One of our friends, Dino Baber's got a gig. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Oh, no, no. Offensive coordinator for Arizona. All right, Wildcats. Dino. Yeah, Very so good, Dino. Dino's uh, going to be on a sideline uh, out west uh, as the OC for the uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break, come back with happy hour next in the sports bar. We'll recap not just that bit of breaking news, Raheem Morris, but also discuss Jim Harbaugh, Dave Canales. It's these head coaching vacancies. These dominoes are starting to fall, and on the outside looking in are some of the names that you thought would be, be your prime candidates. We also... Coming up in the shot segment next hour has some hot uniform talk out of baseball. The one team you would never, ever expect to do something. They're doing it. And I don't know if we'll have time to do it, but because we brought it up last segment before we had that on and it just was in my head. Does the balls to the wall music video hold up? Oh, it does not. It does oh. not. We may do a little deconstruction of Uno. What was his name? Uno. Udo, Duke and Meyer. Duke Schneider. Duke Schneider, who also looks like Todd McClellan of the LA Kings. We may do a deconstruction if we have time. I'm not going to promise anything. We do have time for your calls if you want to join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That number is open for you at 866-4-FAN. 585-866-4326. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.